Uh, we've been going through the book of Hebrews. I'm going to take a short break from that. And uh, I'm, uh, you know, in my seminary class, um, the thing that uh, the first class for the class that I'm taking now that um, the subject is on discipleship. And uh, as we, we were meeting, it's an online class, so we don't really meet. We just kind of discuss with one another over um, discussion posts and things like that. And um, the question came up. Is that one of the, what's the one thing that we, we feel is the most important thing to develop in a disciple of Jesus Christ, right? You know, um, we're all supposed to be disciples of Jesus Christ and, and, and they're asking, what do you think is the one thing, like, like the most important thing that, um, that a disciple of Jesus Christ, um, has to kind of have? And, um, as I was thinking about this, I came, I, I was reminded of John 10, 27. It says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Right? And so uh, an important thing is to be a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. It has to do with hearing the voice of God. Um, and that's kind of the, um, the heart of my sermon today is about hearing the voice of God. Um, and uh, wait, is Tiffany around here? Hey, Josh, Josh, can you raise my mic just a little bit? It's the one on the left. Um, I think it's the second or the first. Okay, there you go. Thanks. Um, so, uh, you know, it's about having this relationship with Jesus Christ and having this relationship with God uh, has a lot to do with hearing the voice of the Lord. Uh, God, when He created Adam and Eve, and He created Adam and Eve, He created us for relationship and for communication. Right? Uh, Adam and Eve talked freely with God, and they were able to hear His voice. Um, and we, being like the redeemed people of God, we are able to hear His voice. John 10, 27 says, it doesn't say like some people, some of my sheep will hear my voice. It doesn't say um, my sheep may hear my voice. It says my sheep hear my voice. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you have been redeemed by the power of the gospel, you we do hear the voice of the Lord. Right? And hearing His voice is such an important aspect of a relationship with God. Not just that, but hearing His voice is imperative and it's like a catalyst in having an intimate relationship with God. If you want to have an intimate relationship with God, you have to seek to hear His voice. Um, you can't have intimacy without hearing from Him. Now, Mina and I, we've been married for almost 10 years now. This this um, December will be our 10-year anniversary. I can't believe it's already been 10 years. It like, kind of blows my mind. But... Um, you know, that relationship began and is being sustained through what? What is like the core aspect of our relationship that kind of leads us and that keeps us together, right? And it's communication, right? Communication is at the heart, at the center of every relationship. We didn't end up married because we like dance together all the time, right? Not like, you know, like, like all we do is just dance together. We don't talk, we just dance. And when I was in middle school, you know, like, who, who has, who grew up having like middle school dances? Anybody here? I said, you know how you have, you know, like in America, you have middle school dances, like in eighth grade, you go to a dance, um, with your schoolmates. It's in the middle of the day. It's like the last period of the class, you know, they darken the cafeteria and everybody danced to like really loud music. And I remember this girl named Gina Clark. And, uh, you know, she was just cute, right? But like, Every every dance that we had, we always danced together at least like three or four times. Every dance. And it was the weirdest thing where we would just kind of like see each other and then we didn't even have to ask. We just like end up dancing with each other. But that's the crazy thing about it is for like three years of middle school, we danced at every dance, but we never talked. Right? I don't think we've ever had a full conversation with each other. Right? It's like whenever there's a dance, we would dance. You know, the Roger Rabbit, you know, and all that, you know, and the, the Running Man. we do all that stuff, but... We never had a we never had a full conversation. We were slow dance. We never talked, right? We like we ran in separate circles, right? So I hung out with like certain people, and then she hung out with her. But like we never had a full conversation, right? We we like you know, and so you know, and that's not a relationship, right? You can't have a relationship based on things that like we can all we do is eat eat, you know, like you know, imagine if we me and me and I are married, and all we do is just eat out, and we don't talk, we just eat, right? That's not a relationship. You know, a relationship is only based, it's solely based on communication. If you don't have communication, you really can't have a relationship. 
there's relationships out there that's only based on communication, right? And it works. There's people that live in different parts of the world, right? They're long distance and they make it work because they're constantly communicating. You know, there's people that meet online and they're able to develop like, you know, these like, you know, love relationships without ever seeing each other. It's because at the heart and at the core of relationship is this thing called communication. Without it, relationship doesn't exist. And, and you know, Mina is, she's more in touch with her emotions and feelings and, you know, she's a better person than me. So she always like tells me like, hey, we need to talk more. We need to communicate. And then me being the guy, I'd be like, oh, okay, you know, like, kind of like get dragged into it. But I understand as well that like, I, we need to talk. Without talking, right, our relationship cannot be what it was meant for it to be. And, and the key of good relationship is listening. It's like that with our earthly relationship. Like if I'm not listening to Mina, right, we don't, we're not going to have a good relationship. Just the other day I was driving, we were driving to eat sushi. Uh, Ethan loves sushi and we decided to go eat sushi in Kwangali. It's a great place by the way by our old church. And we're driving and then we got into this conversation and then I was just like, you know, talk, 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 interrupt, interrupt, interrupt. I do this a lot because, you know, I'm a very selfish and soulish man. And so I was just like, talk, 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 you know, interrupt, interrupt. And then Mina's like, hey, you're not even listening to me. Are you not even giving me a chance to talk? And then Ethan from the back of the car, he's like, yeah, dad, you're not even listening to mom, right? And I was like, ah, you know, like I got humble for my, my seven-year-old child, right? But, but, you know, like, like listening is probably the most important part of communication. And we do it so little sometimes, right? especially us guys. You know, we're really not good at listening. And in the same way with our relationship with God and the Spirit, we need to listen for His voice. We have to be listening to what God has to say to us. He's talking to us about. Like, what is He talking to us? He is communicating with us. What is He talking to us about? The greatest benefit to hearing the voice of God is He wants to give us knowledge. He wants to give us what He knows. He wants to give to us His knowledge, His ways, His heart, His values, how He sees things. The things that will benefit us, the things that he knows, and he knows everything, right? When he speaks to us, is to tell us what he knows. Not everything. He's not going to tell us everything that, you know, but he wants to tell us what he wants us to know at the time that we are in. Now, Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. So many times God speaks his knowledge over us. He's speaking his words over us. Now, so many times we just like don't listen to him. Second Peter 1, 2 Peter 1.2 says, May grace and peace be multiplied in you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. He's saying that God wants to multiply grace and peace over us through His knowledge, through what He knows. He wants to instill it upon us so that we have grace, we understand grace, and we understand peace. If we would just listen, if we would just kind of sit down and you know listen to what He has to say. The Holy Spirit leads us in all things and all truth. He wants to teach us His ways. But we have to hear His voice. We have to be listening. Now, decisions that people make, you have to hear the voice of God. You have to seek out the voice of God. People live their lives and make horrible decisions. And it comes down to following their own reasoning and their own heart. Their emotions and not following the voice of the Lord. Like, it's, they, they live their lives like a blind man moving into a new house, you know? Like, you know, you know, blind people are really good at navigating their own homes, right? They just, you know, they've, they've known that this table is here, they know that this chair is here, so they, they're able to count steps and kind of get their bearing, because they, because they don't have the, the, the ability to see, they're able to use the sense of touch and other, you know, a- aspects of their senses to get by. But when they move into a new house, Right? And when say a blind person moves into a new house, it's all trial and error. Right? You have to ask questions and you gotta like like they bump into something and then they're like, Oh, that's there. So now they, they have to realize. And and that's that's how people live their lives when they're not seeking out the voice of the Lord. You know, like God is the Alpha and the Omega, right? That means He is the beginning and the end. He knows how this is going to turn out for each and every one of us. He knows what everything it is. He knows everything. 
He and, and and he wants to instill his knowledge upon us, but we have to be willing and humble enough to listen to him. Now, when it comes to listening, here's the most important part: we have to have a desire to hear God's voice. As long as we can live our lives without hearing God's voice, a lot of times we will continue to live our lives without hearing God's voice. You know, even as a believer, we can go for sometimes months, sometimes even years without listening for the voice of God because everything is just going the way that we want it to go. We don't have a need or we don't have a desire to actually listen to God's voice. And the crazy thing is we can actually go live like this. We can coast through life not hearing His voice. We have to come to a place where we want to hear His voice. You can no longer be content with living through trial and error. And it comes from a desire, a hunger to hear his voice and to know his ways and to know him. Now, I said, I told you that that's the most important part. But then here's the most important part that's even greater than that. Is that not only do we have to want, have a desire to hear the voice of the Lord. But here we have to be willing to obey what he says. I want you guys to understand that. It's not just about hearing what God has to say to you, but it's it's hearing it with an unction and a desire to do what it what he says. Right? It's about obeying what he has to say to you. James 1 2, 20, James 1 22. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says, otherwise you are only fooling yourselves. You have to want it, right? You have to have a desire. To listen to God. It's like any relationship. You have to desire talking to the person that you're talking to and have a real conversation with them. Have you ever tried to have a conversation that's really with somebody that's really distracted? Right? There's not a lot of like listening that's happening to that distracted person. Like Ethan, I do this with Ethan all the time. Ethan will be like watching something. I'm like, Ethan, can you take that and put it into your room and put it away? And they're like, huh? Like Ethan. Can you hear me? Yeah. Ethan, can you take that, pick it up, and put it into your room? What? Ethan! <laughs> it's just like, he's just like, he's so distracted, and then at the end, he never does what he's supposed to do, right? And sometimes that's the way that we are. When we, when we are with God, we're just constantly distracted. We're, we're not listening. There's little, very little listening that's happening when we are constantly distracted by things of this world. If you want to live a life from he- hearing from the Lord, if you have to have a desire to listen. Because that desire to listen doesn't come naturally. And we all think that, oh, like, I'm a Christian, so I should, you know, like, I should have a desire to listen to the Lord. It just should be naturally, like, ingrained in me. No, it's not, right? We don't naturally, it doesn't, just because we accept Jesus Christ into our heart, doesn't mean that we have this natural desire, this inkling to want to listen to the Lord. You have to want it. Not just to hear Him, but to obey Him. Do you have a desire to hear and to obey what God has to say? I'm not talking about hearing His voice once in a while. Every Christian has heard the voice of the Lord in a certain sense. God will put an impression on their heart. Know, or something, and they'll hear the voice of the Lord once in a while. But, I, but what I'm talking about is living a life that's that's driven by and is is led by the voice of the Lord, and us listening and obeying Him in all the things that He leads us in. It's a lifestyle that seeks to hear His voice. And if you want to have this kind of lifestyle, you have to want it. There has to be a desire for it. The big reason why people don't hear from the Lord clearly is because they can live without it. You can, you like, there. I could actually live without hearing the voice of the Lord. I could make my decisions and try to make wise decisions based on you know like what I think is good. You know, like, like get an education, get a good job. You know, like find a wife. You know, get married, have kids, and buy a house and dog. You know, try my best to be a good moral person. And I can actually live like this without actually hearing from the voice of the Lord. There are things in their hearts that they want more 
when you have a desire in your heart that wants more than hearing from the Lord, we're going to continually going, go down that path of not hearing from the voice of the Lord. It's easy to hear God when He says, you know, He wants to bless us. Caleb, I want you, I want to bless you. <laughs> yes, please, eh? I receive. But it's, it's harder to hear His voice when He's telling you to do something that you don't want to do. Like, forgive your coworker. You're like, why? I, I didn't hear that. I don't think that's God speaking to me, right? You know, like, apologize to your wife. Oh, I, I didn't hear that, you know? Serve him. Serve your wife, even though you don't feel like it today. You, know? like, ah. you see, it's not easy to hear the voice of the Lord. It's not because He's not speaking to you. It's because a lot of times we put, like, AirPods in. AirPods of the things in the world and, 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 and the sound of God kind of gets drowned out by the things that we're listening to. Mina hates it when I do this. Is I have, you know, Apple AirPods and like I can have something playing and then, and I, you know, like I can still kind of hear something, but then she'll say something to me like Caleb, like blah, 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 and I, I can't hear her. So I, I tap, you know how you can tap on the ear two times and it stops? And so she'll be like, Caleb, blah, blah, blah. I'll be like, huh? I'll, uh. And she's like, I hate it when you do this, right? Like, you're always constantly doing this because I never hear her on the first time because I'm always kind of like listening to something in the background. But that's what we do with God. We're always like, we're allowing certain voices and certain things in our life to be louder. And, and so we're, when God says something, it just seems like an impression. It just seems like, oh, it's, you know, it's something that I'll get to. And we have other things on our hearts and in our minds that is kind of taking over what we are listening to and what we are hearing for. But, Jeremiah 29.11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. When we seek him, we will find him when we seek him with all of our hearts. When we listen, we will hear him when we seek to listen to him with all of our hearts. We have to put His voice as our number one priority in our life. Not just to hear, but to obey what He has to say. You know, the Bible tells us that we're to receive the kingdom of God like a child. You know what? When we listen for the voice of God, we have to listen like a child. I notice there's more and more as I've had kids, is that our kids, our kids are very in tune to our voice, right? So that if we're, if I'm in a crowd and I can just, and it's really loud, and I can say something and Ethan's able to like recognize my voice. Because he's listened to my voice so many times, all, his whole life. All these, really, you know, one of the major voices that he's been hearing is my voice. I'll be like, I'll say like, Ethan, in a playground with all these kids screaming, and he just turns his head, he's able to hear me. And when I was a little kid, I got lost at a Korean market in LA, and it was terrifying, right? Korean markets in, in LA are no joke, right? It's like Ajumma's running around. It's just like loud. And I got lost in a Korean market. And I was like, wow, what am I doing? I, 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 mom, I think I was like eight, nine years old. And I just, and then I heard my mom's voice. She's like, she, you know, she has this very distinct voice. She's really loud and obnoxious when she talks, right? I could hear her talking to my dad. Like, oh, no, no, And I was like, oh, there's my mom right there, right? I didn't have to see her. I was like, oh, she's in the next aisle over, right? But we have to be able to listen to our, our God in that way. When there needs to be a priority on whose voice we hear first. And that can only happen when we are living a life listening for that voice. When we have a desire to hear the voice of the Lord. We have to seek to hear His voice. Desire and hunger to hear His voice. Because when we get into a groove of being able to live our lives without hearing His voice, we will keep living in that way. We will coast. We will, we will just get by. And we will not have this hunger and this desire to hear the voice of the Lord. We have to learn to drown out the other voices and tune our spiritual hearing to the voice of God. So I want, I want, I want to ask you today, what are these voices? What are these voices that can distract us from the voice of God? I think I have five of them for you today. The first thing is voice of things. Right? You know that things have voices? 
I don't think we fully realize how loud the voice of a thing here is, right? Because, you know, just, you can't really hear them. But you know when it comes really clear, right? I'll give you an example, is when you break your phone. Have you ever, like, broken your phone and you don't have a phone on you? Or you left your phone at home and you had this stark realization how loud that voice is. You're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll like, forget my phone at home and I'll, like, be thinking of something, go, I'll look that up. And you're like, oh, I don't have my phone, right? Like, oh, I want to check on Facebook. Oh, I, I don't have my phone. I don't, I, what do I do? Instagram. You know, Instagram and Facebook was dying for, down for nine hours last week. The company lost like six billion dollars and people were freaking out, right? People in America were like, what do I do? These moms are like, I have so What do I do? We don't, we don't realize how loud the voices of things are in our lives until like, Facebook shuts down, right? Or like Instagram goes down. Or like you lose your phone and you realize, oh, this is a very loud voice. You know, our phones is one of the loudest things that we constantly are listening to all the time. Doesn't, doesn't mean, it does not, has nothing to do with the volume. It's the fact that it has our attention. Our phones have such an attention over us, right? That when, when it's gone, it's like you realize, there's times where, like, I don't even know where my kids are, right? I'm like, I'm like, where's Ethan? I don't know. But it's like when I lose my phone, I'm like, where's my phone at? Right? I like look all over the house and I can't find my phone, right? We don't we don't realize how loud the voice of things can be. And I'm not saying that these things are inherently bad, right? It's not like you know, post you know post on Instagram all the time. It's not saying that it's bad, but we have to know what our priorities are. Sometimes we have to lower the volume or turn them off completely so that we can hear what's most important. We need to be able to realize, hey, what's more, what's voice is louder in my life? Is it the voice of God or is it the voice of Instagram, right? Facebook or whatever, you know? For me, it's like football and video games. What's, what's more important in your life? And number two is the busyness of our days. Our work, job, family, friends, even church can sometimes keep us from hearing the voice of God. Being ambitious is a good thing. But if our ambition and our striving is getting in the way of us hearing God's voice, we have to set priorities. Right? But to understand God, when He tells us, be still and know that I am God. We have to be able to be still and oh God, you're God. We gotta be able to shut down and, 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 and realize that even work, you know, we put so much priority in our jobs, but even our jobs come second fiddle to God. You know, there's times, and I'm in like full-time school right now and, and doing church full-time. And so I feel like there's times where I feel overwhelmed and all I, I feel like all I'm doing is homework and writing sermons, right? That's all I'm doing. I'm doing like, you know, like writing 10-page papers and, and writing sermons. And, and I have no time to spend with God sometimes and I have no time to spend with my family. And I realize if I'm really going to do this well, and I've noticed this really, really, if I'm really going to do it, studying and, you know, work and all this well, I have to have my communication and my communion with God. I realize how important that is. And the Word of God. But I'm not going to do any of these things well. I might get things done, but I'm not going to be able to do things with excellence. Right? And I, I've noticed it. I've noticed that, like, as I, as I, like, put importance on, like, my schoolwork, well, I have to get an A, you know, like, I have to do well in this, I have, you know, the more that I put my priorities on that, I, feel, I realize I spend less time with my family, my interactions with my family suffers, and it's because when I look at it, it's like I haven't been communicating with God. I haven't been talking to God. And we got to be able to remove that. Sometimes remove that distraction in our life. And my third, the third thing is what distracts us from the voice of the Lord is the voice of our flesh. First Thessalonians 5.23 Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless, blameless as the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our body is our body, right? Our, you know, it's a physical body. Uh, we're aware of our physical body. And your body is aware of the world that we are in. Your spirit is aware of God within you. And everything else is your soul, which is your self. Like your, your mind, your will, and your emotion. What you think, what you want, and what you feel, right? And our spirit came alive and regenerated at our salvation. When we became saved, our spirit man was brought to life 
Christ, Holy Spirit came to live in us and we are alive spiritually. Our bodies, you know, they're, they're wasting away, but they will be, you know, glorified and they will be regenerated upon Jesus' return. But we as believers, we're called to wage a daily battle against our soulish nature, right? Our soul meaning our mind, will, and emotion. Well, you might be thinking, oh, what's wrong with my soul, right? Like, I watched that movie Soul and it was really fun and like, you know, it's a good thing. Yeah, you know, we thank God that we have souls. But the reason why the soulish nature nature is considered kind of a bad thing in a sense is because our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotion tendency has a tendency to slip back into our sinful nature. Because ultimately our soul is based on our simple fallen nature. At the fall, when, when sin entered us, we, we became this sinful fallen person. And no matter, even if Jesus comes to dwell in us, we still have this ability to revert back into our sinful nature. And that sinful nature, what the Bible calls the flesh, right? And then this flesh is constantly at, at war within me. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I've been saved for many years. I'm a pastor. But I still have this flesh in me that wages up, right? That, that's it. When we're going to, to eat sushi, and I was just talking. I was just like, ah, ah, interrupting Mina. You know, I could feel like, I was like, oh, it's just my, my selfishness. You know, like, I just wanted to talk more than Mina. I wanted to be louder. I wanted to be right. It's my pride and my selfishness that comes up. That's your flesh. Right? It's your sinful nature. In Galatians 5, it tells us, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. Not our body. Like, when I mean flesh, I'm not talking about our physical bodies, but it's talking about our sinful nature. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things of like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Paul says that those that belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. I believe that Paul chooses the word crucified, not just to point at at Jesus to show that, you know, but it's to really talking about killing our flesh, right? Our Sinful nature is not an easy thing to do. Right? No matter how like like redeemed we get, no matter how like you know spiritual and holy we get, killing our flesh is not an easy thing to do. You know how hard it is to crucify someone? Can you imagine having to crucify someone? Like, do you think you can crucify someone today? I don't think so, right? And 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 he uses this terminology of crucifying the flesh. It's because like, like being able to control this, this fleshliness within us is, is a very hard thing to do. It's tough. In 1 Peter 2.11, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which rage war against your soul. We crucify our flesh, but in the process of sanctification that God has us on. Sometimes we become really good at resurrecting our flesh. Right? Let me tell you, our flesh sounds awful similar to to our 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 internal voice, into into what maybe even God sounds like in our head. That's why we need discernment. We need to be able to discern the voices that we're listening to, the voices that seek to to influence us. In order to, for us to hear God better, we have to quit listening to our flesh, our, our, our soulishness so much. Sometimes we have to turn off our reasoning and to put our emotions in neutral and we have to just listen for the voice of the Lord, to seek to listen to the voice of God. Our, our, our flesh is going to constantly try to have its say. Our flesh is going to constantly try to say, hey, Caleb, do this. It's okay. It feels good. Don't worry. Right? And like, 
you know, like yell at Mina, it's fine, you know, she'll understand. Like yell at your kids. There's times where I feel like yelling at my kids because they did something stupid, and I'm like, ah, and I realize, why am I yelling at my kids? I'm like, I realize it's because I had a bad day. I'm just like letting my frustrations out on my kids. That's not a good thing, right? And the Holy Spirit will lead me. He's like, Caleb, you shouldn't do this. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. That's your flesh. And, and Paul says you have to kill that. And, and let me tell you, if you want, if you're determined to do something, no matter what it says, right? If we're not hearing the voice of the Lord, we're going to allow our flesh to be awakened in these situations. It's a battle. It's a war that exists within us between the flesh and between the spirit. And if we want to choose the spirit, we have to be seeking to listen to the voice of the Lord. Is he talking to you? Yes. Are you listening? And there are times where God is talking to me and I'm just not listening. God is telling me so many things sometimes and I'm just allowing my flesh to be louder than than anything else. And then the fourth thing is the voice of the world. Voice of the world tells you, be free. It's all about you. You make your destiny. Do what you want. Don't let anyone tell you what to do. That's the voice of the world. The voice of the world is constantly going against the things of God. What, what does God say? Obey me. Listen to my commandments. You know, like, I am God. <laughs> like, put your faith in me. You know, like, you know, like, depend on me. And then the world says, be free, do what you want. Let me tell you, that kind of a thinking is a very slippery slope. You know, I know, because this is how I thought when I went through the seasons of rebellion in my life. And I had like crazy seasons of rebellion in my life. I went through the seasons where, you know, I was doing drugs, doing all these crazy things, living like a, you know, very debaucherous lifestyle. And that all started from me starting to think worldly. It all started for me thinking like, oh, I just want to be free. I just want to do whatever I want, right? I grew up in LA. You know, and these days, Asians are really popular in America. When I was a kid, that was not so. Right? Being an Asian man, we looked, were looked down upon, right? And people were like, look, looked at us funny and they didn't really like, you know, respect us in any sense. So I got to a place in my life where, and I was like 18, 19, turning 20, and I realized, dude, I just want to do whatever I want. I want to live do whatever I want. I want to do what the world, the, the voice of the world's telling me to do. Get yours, you know? And I just went down this path and it was, and it was just a complete rebellion against God. And, the, and that's what the voice of the world will constantly be telling you. When you follow the voice of the world, you're going in a direction where you're rebelling against God. And, and the, and the fifth voice is the voice of the enemy. Lust, shame, greed, rage. He'll try to tempt you to sin by lying to you, steal, kill, and destroy. He lies to you, and when you succumb to his lies, you know, he'll, he'll pile shame upon you, shame upon shame, which is another form of lie. And you'll get in this constant cycle of just falling, constantly listening to the voice of the enemy. You can't hear the voice of grace. You can't hear the voice of righteousness. You can't hear Jesus if you continue to listen to just the, the voice of temptation and the voice of the enemy. And then, and then another thing that, lastly, the thing that can keep you from listening to the, hearing the voice of the Lord is the voice of the people that are around you distracting you. And it's not, it may not always be this, this, the case, but even very well-meaning believers you know, that, but that's why you have to be really discerning. You can be listening to very, like, you know, good believers, but that can actually be a distraction. And in Acts 20, Paul's like compelled to go to Jerusalem, you know, and, and he, and he's feeling from the Holy Spirit, like, hey, you're gonna go there and you're gonna die. I'm gonna put you to death. And everybody, like, even Luke, the one that's like writing the book of Acts is telling him, like, hey, don't go. And people, like, the one guy just like, you know, like, puts ropes around him so that he can't go. He's like, no, you, if you go to Jerusalem, they're going to kill you, right? And then Paul's like, hey, he says, he answers, what are you doing weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be in prison, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we, he, they, we ceased and said, let 
the will of the Lord be done. Now Jesus, when he's about to go to the cross, Peter says like, hey, like don't talk that way. You know, like this will never happen to you. And then Jesus tells him, get behind me, Satan. Right? And so like these voices around us is constantly tried, there, there are certain voices they're going to try to go against the will of God for your life. And we have to be discerning. We have to discernment in our hearts. Have a desire to seek out that voice of the Lord. To see what God is telling us. What God is saying to us. Because there are so many of these voices. The voice of the world. You know, your flesh. You know, the voice of the things in our life. Instagram. You know, all of these things. That are constantly trying to drown out the voice of God in our lives. And I want to tell you today, if you want to hear the voice of the Lord, you have to have a desire to to, and that unction to seek to listen and hear the voice of the Lord. You have to put His voice as a priority above all else. Now, I want to close with this today. is How do we cultivate a life where we are hearing the voice of God? The answer is easy, but doing it is really hard. And, and, And it's a very simple answer. It's through the Word of God, and it's through prayer and worship and obedience to the Holy Spirit. You take in what God has has to say to you through the Word of God, and then you commune with Him, you talk with Him, you spend time with Him, and then you do what He says. There is no way around this. There is no life hack. There is no shortcut. There is no way around this. You have to commune with God. You have to hear His voice. You have to read His Word. And you have to obey what he says. The word of God is a final authority when it comes to God talking to you. You know, if you're not in the word of God, if you're not in the Bible, if you're not, this is the final authority of, of what God is speaking to in, in the way that he's going to speak to you. you know? And if you're not hearing from the word of God, if you're not in the word of God, I, I'm sorry, but you're not hearing from God. Some people say, oh, you know, like, I listen to God, you know, I listen to that still small voice in my heart, and that's how God communicates with you. And you know what? That's true. God communicates to us in that still small voice. He talks to you through your heart. That's great. But if you're not regularly feeding your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotion with the Word of God, being in the Word, what you're most likely hearing is not the still small voice of God. You're hearing the still small voice of yourself. You're, you're just creating these things, or you're creating these, these, these feelings and these emotions that are trying to drive your will, and you're not really hearing the Word of God. It starts with this. There's some, some people that are really prophetic out there, and to you prophetic people, right, your leadings and your prophetic inklings are not worth anything if you're not first in the Word of God to hear what God has to say about, about everything in Scripture. The prophetic is an echo of what the Holy Spirit is saying about the Word of God in you. So if if you feel something leading, God leading you somewhere in your heart, the source of that, the beginning of that is going to be the Word of God. The Bible tells you that the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19.10, right? An easy way to say that is for the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness of Jesus. And what we know about Jesus, everything that we know about Him, right, doesn't come from Instagram, it doesn't come from YouTube, it doesn't come from a movie, it comes from this, it comes from the Word of God. John says that the Word of God, Jesus is the Logos, He's the Word of God, and God gives us a tangible source for us to receive the Logos, to receive the Word of God in the Bible. So it starts with this. If you want to hear from God, you have to be in the Bible. There's no way, there's no other way around it. There's no form of spirituality where you can like, you know what, I'm just really spiritual and I feel like I can like hear God all the time. I can, I can sense Him in my heart. Yeah, you might, but if you're not in the Word of God, being fed the Word of God, what you're hearing is not going to be God. This is, this is the authority of the Word of God. It is ultimately God's final authority in what He has to say to us. And He speaks to us through the Word of God. Even if you feel something in your heart and Holy Spirit is leading you, that's going to be a testimony of Jesus, of what Jesus said or what Jesus did or what's written about Jesus in the Word of God. 
to commune with Him, to, to worship Him, as you continue to seek Him and study Him and, and meditate on Him. David says, I meditate on your laws day and night. And you, as you spend time in His presence, you know, and, and, and as you realize and you encounter God in a tangible way, through His Word, through prayer, through worship, uh, you start to you start to have a transformation in your heart, and the Holy Spirit starts to produce and bear fruit in you. It's hearing Him, and it's communicating with Him, and listening for Him, and it starts with a word. Now I, I want to close this, and it's the pragmatic side in me that wants to leave you with some practicality. Right? I believe that. Every sermon should have some kind of practical. I'm a very practical person. Mina's kind of all up there in the clouds. I'm, I'm a, I tend to be a very practical person. And, and some of you have no problems with being in the Word and being in prayer. Right? And, and, and worship. And for those of you guys, keep it up. You know, you guys, I encourage you guys. And, and you guys are doing a great job. Some of you guys read the Bible more than me. But some of you have a hard time being in the Word and being in prayer. And I want to leave you with two words, right? It's intentionality and consistency. Everybody, let's say that out loud. Intentionality and consistency. These qualities are very important for true relationship. In order for me and Mina to have a, a meaningful connection and a relationship between us, we need to have intentionality and we need to have consistency, right? Now, I have to be intentional about, about talking to and caring for and loving on and just like being there for Mina. And I have to do it consistently. I have to do it every day, not just on Fridays, right? If I just only talk to Mina on Friday, right, that does not produce a very meaningful relationship, right? And so these two things are just key. And, and, and this is for all of your relationship, guys. This is like a, this is a life lesson for any of your relationship. Whether you guys are friends, whether you're dating, whether you're engaged or you're married, these things, two things are very important, right? This is a life lesson. In, intentionality and consistency. Right? Be intentional with one another and be consistent with one another. Right? And, and I want to leave you with this is be intentional with God. Set aside time. I know that you know, like it's that old cliche of like quiet time and like setting aside time. But you know what? It's it's a cliche because it works. Set aside time every day. Don't just give God your leftovers. Right? I remember someone told me once that he reads the Bible every time he poops. Every time he's in the toilet, he takes out his phone. He's like, I read the Bible. And I was like, oh, that's really spiritual of you, man. I wasn't being serious. And it's like not bad, you know. You're actually you're still reading the Bible, but it's not good because that's not what we should be aiming for, right? We shouldn't give God just like the the leftovers, like the the chikadogis, right? Like you know, we should give Him the best. We should give Him our best, and set aside intentional, focused time with God, being in His Word, being in prayer. And some of you guys have busy lives, and you may have really busy seasons in your life. Right now, I feel like I'm in one of those busy seasons. But set aside time anyways. <coughs> Use your commute. Instead of listening to music, listen to the Bible. We have technology these days. Right? Spend time in prayer. Be intentional with God. That intentionality is showing God your unction. It's like, this is my desire. Right? You guys think that being intentional and being like, you know, setting aside time is being like a Pharisee or being legalistic. No. You're showing God that, that He means something to you. He's important to you. And God will reward, reward that. And also be consistent. Be consistent with God. Now, in 2010, I ran a full marathon and I try to sneak this into any, every one of my sermons because I'm a very fallen man and I like how it strokes my ego, anyways. But when you train for like a marathon, is the most important thing is consistency. It's the most important thing. You can run 20, 20 kilometers in one day, but if you only do it once, it's not going to help you. But it, it, it was going out every day to run. I remember I would just like start out with five Ks. I would run, but I made sure that I was running consistently at least five times a week. 
I ran either a 5K, sometimes a 10K. But I feel really tired one day and I only run a 2K, but I made sure that I was out there and I was being consistent. And someday I would run like a 20K. I'd be like, oh, I think I can run a full marathon. And the next day I would feel so bad. I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I can. But it's consistency is being out there running and, and, and every day. And, and it's in that, it's in the consistency of your life is where God has the opportunity to really speak into you and transform you. Because we find focus in consistency. It's how, it's how we teach our kids to study and do things, right? Because we, we want them to be consistent. Now, Ethan, he's, he's in second grade now and, you know, we bought him a, like a full, like a, a child's bicycle, like almost over a year ago, right? And then he, like, got on with the training wheels and he just, like, rode it a few times, but he just, he didn't like it, you know? It's, it's because he had the training wheels and his friends, weren't riding it with the training is he got discouraged and so he just just kind of sat in our little you know entryway for like almost a year not being used and then about three months ago like i i got this thing i saw this thing on the internet where the best way to teach your kids is to take off the pedals and have them use it like a balance bike that they learn how to balance and then i said ethan we're going to practice at least regularly at least once or twice a week we're going to go outside we're going to practice this and we got a little one for ezra you know, and so that he can also practice too. And then Ethan is like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna practice. And so we would go outside and he would find these little hills and he would roll down the hills and he would learn how to balance on his bike. Right? And he would use his legs to kick. And he did that. He did that maybe about six times. But he made sure that, I made sure that he was doing it consistently. And then like this past week, I took him out and I put the pedals on him and I, I kind of pushed him and he was already, he was riding his bike. He got it right away. Right? He got on, and I was like amazed. I was like, "Oh my god!" But it, it was because of consistency. It's because he just like didn't do it once and stop like he did last year. Last year he literally got on one time, and he and he was happy that he had a new bike, but he had no desire to ride. He wasn't consistent. He would just sit there for months. But then as soon as he started to get consistent, he was going out there regularly, two times, three times a week, learning to push himself, learning to balance. And now he, we bought, we got him a bike, a bigger bike so that he can actually really ride a, ride a bike. And, and I, I want to tell you that being consistent with God, in the moments of your consistency is when God's going to transform you. In the moments of your consistency is where God is going to challenge you, He's going to speak to you. But it, it, but it requires intentionality and it requires consistency. And I want to end with this and I want to end with a challenge. For those of you who may be lacking in their Bible reading and in their prayer time, I want to offer a challenge. And Mina and I will do this with you. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm saying this for Mina is because she's going to do it with me, right? I want to challenge you. There's a thing called the 28-day rule. I don't know if you've ever heard of the 28-day rule. But most rehab clinics are programmed with 28 days because there's this rule that says it takes 28 days to establish a habit. Right? 28 days of intentional it, being intentional about something will be, help you to establish a habit in your life. And, and this works because I remember our kids would constantly leave the bathroom light on, right? Every day. They would always, never, I would tell them, turn off the bathroom light! And they're like, okay. And then they would go pee literally within a minute and keep it on, right? It's driving me crazy. And then I told, I, 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 I initiated this reward system where, you know those little bulkies that you do at the mall? I got one of Black Panther, right? And, and I've had it for a while. And then Ethan always said, oh, I want that. And I said, you know what, Ethan, right, you and Ezra, whoever turns off the bathroom light more, I'm going to give you a point for every time you do. And then and then you, I'm going to give you this Black Panther. Right? And then he's like, how long? He's like, oh, it's going to, it'll be two, it'll be like two weeks you have to do it. And so he, they did it for two weeks. And for two weeks, bathroom light stayed off. Right? And then at the end of the two weeks, he's like, who had more points? And then me being the sneaky dad that I am, I was like, oh, there's a tie. You gotta do it for another two weeks. And so, they did it for another two weeks, right? And so, it's like been almost a month. I think it's been over a month, but I feel like it's already instilled this habit in them, because constantly they're just turning it out, like, Dad, I turned off the bathroom light. I was like, thanks. Like, can I go to I was like, okay. And I just imaginary tally in my head, and it's always gonna be a tie, right? Because I'm not gonna give that Black Panther away, right? <laughs> right? But it takes about 28 days to instill a, a habit in your life. And I want to challenge us today. Right? And I want 
For those of you guys that are really good at reading your Bible and praying, right, keep it up, right? But for those of us that really kind of need a challenge, I want to challenge you guys today, right, for 28 days, right, 28 days of intentional Bible reading and prayer. So some of you have never done anything like this, and it's okay. But it's a path for us to start hearing the voice of God. Some of you guys, in this, when you're in this challenge, and you guys might read the Bible, and you might get nothing. This is like, this went right over my head. It's okay. Because what is important is intentionality and consistency. As you consistently, intentionally go to God, and you seek Him out in His Word, God will speak to you. He will speak to you. If the Holy Spirit is in you, He will speak to you. And I want to challenge you guys today. Right? For you guys don't have to raise your hands. You guys don't have to really make a, like a commitment today. But I want to, I want you guys to really establish that this, this in your life. And so I want to put out the 28 days of intentional Bible reading and prayer. And then 28 days from now, four weeks from now, I want to ask you guys today how you guys did. For the ones that you did, I want to see how it's, it's changed your life. Because as we intentionally seek God out, as we intentionally and and consistently seek God in His Word, and we spend time in prayer. You guys, there's no, there's no life hack. There's no, there's no way about this. We have, this is the only way. It's like, you know, like, when there's traffic, and we always think there's a shortcut somewhere. There's no shortcut. You just gotta sit through the traffic. You gotta, you know, like, come in here today. It's crazy traffic, right? Every, every, let me tell you, everything, every road from, you know, Suyong to Helende was blocked today. There was no shortcut. You just have to go through it. And I want to tell you today, these 28 days, you know, intentionally seek God out, set aside time, seek Him out. Uh, and I want to, I want to challenge you is that God will speak to you. You will hear God's voice. So I want to, I'll close in prayer. Let's all stand up.